It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, John? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 131 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast. Today we're doing a betting preview of this weekend's Premier League. We're also going to take a look at League uh, and also Serie A. Joining me, as always, the card betting expert, the man who's he's just full of stats, George Gamble. How are you, mate? Yeah, doing well, mate. Doing very well. Not too bad. Looking forward to getting my teeth into another weekend's action of football. Happy to be here as always. Uh, yeah, all good, mate. How are you? No, I don't feel like anyone asks you that enough. Oh, mate, I'm tremendous, mate. I'm, I was going to say I'm even better after your performance last weekend. You, uh, I think you went two out of three, if that's correct. Yeah. I think you got Everton. You got the Arsenal match wrong, Everton. And uh, <laughs> what was the other one? I got, I got the, oh, I can't remember the other one you had. I should have gone with the the Brentford to win because that was the other one I was sort of thinking about. Those odds should have gone with that one, shouldn't I? But uh, yeah. we won't talk about that. <laughs> no, mate. Strong starts of the league season, and, and you even mentioned Tottenham might get the uh, get the victory over Manchester City, which I, I sh- you know, ashamedly I, I I tried to talk you out of, but uh, you were right, mate. So uh, well done there. Yep, cheers, mate. Well, obviously it pains me to say it, but uh, yes, City just looked, as I said to you off air, two or three weeks behind. And I think Tottenham were at 5.3 or something like that at one point, and City were at 1.6. It's just, yeah, that's the sort of odds I've expected to see in the latter stage of the season, the business end, not first game of the season. So yeah, priced very wrong there. Yeah, okay, nice, mate. Uh, We will today go through Arsenal-Chelsea. We will go through... Uh, Wolves, Tottenham, Roma, Fiorentina, Monaco, Monaco, Jesus Christ, Monaco versus Lens. Uh, I mean, sometimes uh, there, there's a street here in 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 where I live called Monaco Street. So forgive me for that. Uh, but first, mate, we'll go through um, our quiz question of the week, which we'll get to at the end. The quiz question this week, and I, I'm very, very worried that we've had this one before, but I thought it was too good not to go through again if, if that is the case. Uh, which striker has played for the most Premier League clubs? Which uh, I, I have this weird feeling that we've maybe we've done a question similar, but anyway, it, it was so long ago that no one will remember. Mate, first game we're going to go through today, Arsenal versus Chelsea. I will get the odds up on my screen. Obviously, Chelsea here are favourites, even though it will be at the Emirates. Chelsea as low as uh, you can get about 1.8 on the exchanges there. The draws priced at about 3.8, 3.9, and Arsenal as high as five in a few places. Shocker. Shocking start to the season for Arsenal last week. That 2-0 loss to Brentford. Uh, Looks like they're still going to be missing some key players here in Party and Gabriel. And you can add to that again, Orba and Laka, who who have got COVID. So they might even be without them for even longer. I think we've got Man City next weekend. So Mm -hmm. not the start we would be wanting to the season. And Chelsea obviously had that resounding victory over Palace. I will say though it was a, there were a couple of wonder goals in there, so the scoreline might be a little, you know, looking a little bit more favourably for Chelsea than it actually played out. Uh, but the thing is, mate, they now welcome an addition to their squad. Uh, have you heard of him before, Romelu Lukaku? 
Yeah, well, I've heard a couple of murmurs about him. He seems to have done all right over in Italy or something like that, but awfully in Manchester. No, yeah, obviously they've, they've signed Lukaku and, and I, to be fair to them, I think it's a great signing. I really do. I mean, you sort of scoff at the price tag. I know I support City, but you know they owned Lukaku not that long ago and now they've just brought him back for nigh on almost 100 million, not quite. But, but you know, they have sold players as well, to be fair to them. So it's not just like they've gone out and splashed the cash. Um, I think it's a great buy. I really do. And I think he's exactly what they're looking for. I also think if him and Werner play together, they'll complement each other brilliantly. Um, and it's important to remember, it's not the mm. same Lukaku that left England for Italy. He's, I think he's improved a lot. He's learned a lot. Um, so as a football fan, I'm excited to see him in the Premier League and see how he gets on. As a City fan, I didn't really want him anywhere near it. Um, yeah, this this game, I think Chelsea are priced up correctly in this one, in my opinion. If you look at this Arsenal side, it's quite scary to see how far down they've kind of dropped in terms of, you know, you look at their players. Um, not many of them would get into, say, you know, the top, at the moment, what seems to be the top four of the Liverpool, United, Chelsea, City. There's not many that would break into that. And, you, you know, five, ten years ago, you wouldn't have dreamed of saying anything like that. Um, I think this is going to be a ridiculously tough game for Arsenal. Um I'm a big fan of Ben White. I was very pleased that you signed him and I thought this would be his chance to kind of step up. Um, but what concerned me is, you know, you're against this Brentford side. We know Brentford are going to be physical. They've got to be and they were raring to go in front of their home fans in a new stadium. First time a lot of their fans have seen them in the Premier League. It was always going to be a difficult game, which is what I expressed in the previous podcast. But what did concern me is with, with Ben White, you know, he's usually quite dominant in the air, I think, and he's very good with his feet. So I was looking forward to seeing how he get on against the likes of Tony, who's also quite a physical player. Um, and just in terms of the fact that he might be up against Lukaku this weekend, which a lot of people have already sort of judged. You know, Ben White had eight aerial duels in the game against Brentford and he lost five of them. Hmm. You know, and, that was, and I think either Tony is as much of a presence as he is. Lukaku's a whole different beast. Um, and I think that could be a way that, you know, I, mean, I know Lukaku's not not really a kind of hold up player. He does like running onto things, but he's just so strong. Uh, and I think Ben, ben White's going to have a really, really tough game again. It's not the sort of game you want to kind of get your foot in, get used to it. Um, coming off the back of that defeat to Brentford, you know, this game against Chelsea is, is kind of a baptism of fire for him, if you like. But I mean, you look like you're about to say something. Are you going well, to chip it, in? No, I agree, obviously, mate. But this could just be a completely different game, couldn't it? I mean, we were trying to hold a reasonably high line against Brentford, uh, which, you know, still didn't really create much attack. But, no. you know, I, I we played Chelsea uh, towards the end of last season. I think we beat them 1-0 one, one or something. I think 1-0 was pretty – I mean, it was one of those games where we just expected to get smashed by them. Uh, but, yeah, we just held a – you know, we just sat back the whole game and I guess produced yeah. a very un-Arsenal-like performance. But it was That's effective. what you've done in recent years, though. Three. Yeah, we had a, yeah, we had a back three. Um, so if I was Arteta, I would be employing probably the exact same game plan, considering we have absolutely nothing up front in terms of a in terms of a striker. We have we have Florian Balogun, who is twenty years old. Don't get me wrong, he could he could be something incredible, but he's 20 years old and he got his first yeah. Premier League start against Brentford last weekend. Before that, he played two Europa League games and looked amazing. But against Brentford, he looked uh, he looked pretty out of his depth. He's one of those guys that needs a yeah, yeah. he needs a loan to the championship, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> 
I see the only chance of Arsenal getting something out of this is if they employed something similar to, to last season, back three, I, get the likes of Holding back. Yeah. In there. I mean, I know Holding's not an incredible player, but he he's he's not too bad when you just get him in the box and, you know, heading out balls all the time. Yeah, I think Rob Holding's a doubt for this weekend though, isn't he? Um, not sure why. I think he's maybe taken a slight knot, but the rumours are saying that Ben White and Pablo Mari might start again at that uh, in that centre-half berth. But yeah, I think if Arsenal are going to get something from this game and win it, it's going to be a bit of a smash and grab and their defensive line is going to have to be on yep. point. And I, I think everything's, unfortunately, I think everything's written for for a Chelsea win. But yeah, I do I do see it being quite, you know, Arsenal and Chelsea games in recent years have been, for the neutral, so exciting. You know, it's, been, it's produced cards, it's produced goals. It's And I think it could go that same way again. I mean, you look at five of the last six head-to-heads between these two and they've seen like, over two and a half goals. Um, you know, I know you said sort of Chelsea were lucky in terms of their wonder goals against Crystal Palace, but they created quite a few chances. They had so many shots on their goal and it was just dominant from start to finish. So it was only a matter of time before, obviously, they scored a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, you know, sort of from a Cards perspective, I think in uh, sort of the last six meetings overall, so yeah, as I said, there's been 22 yellows and two reds in those six meetings. So, you know, these two don't like each other. They do t- tend to sort of throw each other in. And my Mate, main we played is, in a friendly just before the season and they were diving into us like it was a yeah. real bloody game. Party got injured and... Oh. Yeah, anyway, yeah. We can talk about that and later. I, yeah. And I think the other thing that's sort of making it lean towards Chelsea is, you know, Arsenal have got a very... The signings they've made, for example, and the general team, you've got a lot of youngsters in there, a lot of younger mm. players who might, say, in three or four years' time, be entering their prime and you could be a threat again. Um, you know, look at the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, Bukayo Saka, obviously that Lukonga as well, uh, you know, even Tierney as well. So there's plenty of youth in that side, but Chelsea are there, there now. They're ready to go, ready to roll them over. Um, so it's going to be difficult. But yeah, Romelu Lukaku, he's expected to lead the line. Um, and as I said, he's definitely a different player, definitely a different player. And Ben White's got his work cut out. But I think Arsenal, you'll be able to attest to this, they're so frustrated with that club at the moment, you know, Arteta, I know they said before that it's uh, due to COVID, but you know that's it's a likely story. It wouldn't surprise me if he has fallen out a bit with Lacazette and Aubameyang because since Aubameyang signed that new contract, I've never seen a man look more disinterested in my life. Like yeah. he's just not the player you know that you signed, and he's not the one that you thought you were getting when he signed that new contract. So I, behind the scenes, I don't think all's well. Um, Arsenal just after that first game, obviously because you lost to the newly promoted side, the pressure is on Arteta straight away. I think his odds dropped from something like six to one to be the next manager sat to about five to four you know it was straight away a lot of money coming for him to to get the boot early doors and I think he'll do well to last the season I don't know if he'll be sort of the next leaders post imminently um, but in terms of the game itself I see this being another entertaining game I, I really do you know I think there's going to be goals in this game and over two and a half goals in my but it should be sort of around evens or around 1.95 uh, but it's priced at two to one on on Sunbucky, so I like that little bit of juice there. I wouldn't take any lower than evens personally. I think evens is probably spot on. Um, but it's just with you know the attacking talents that Chelsea possess. I see them winning, um, but I won't be involved at the price that they are. I think it's, it's bang on, so I don't see the value there. So for me, there's a little bit of value on the overs, um, and I did see that on on Betfred. That was at two point one. Like I said, I think it should be around even 1.95. I just think Arsenal aren't quite there yet. They're very inexperienced in some of the players they've got. Obviously, you know, I know you've got the likes of Xhaka and, and Leno and what have you, but the majority of that team, they're very inexperienced, very young. And this is going to be one hell of a game. Uh, you know, just the physicality of Chelsea, the defensive 
uh, ability of Chelsea, the experience they've got. I do see Chelsea win this, but Arsenal have been known to cause a shock and I think they could soak it up and maybe could spring a surprise. Who knows? But I do definitely see there being goals and cards in this game. But my pick for this one, just purely for a little bit of juice on that and the value is over two and a half goals at 2.1. Yeah, a few bookies there. you got Mansion, SBK, 10-bit exchanges, I'd say too. You probably get yeah something yeah. good there. So 205 at, at Bet Victor and Unibet. So, mate, yeah, I, th- I thought this would be a little bit close. I was initially leaning towards the under two and a half, but I saw that was priced mm. at 183, which just seems, yeah, a little bit, yeah, a little bit too low, mate. But yeah, it, it should be a, it should be a very interesting game. But I, it's it's so hard for me to see, mm. for me to see Arsenal, <laughs> even just getting a draw here. It just it, they just I don't know. It just it seems like. Uh, Maybe you'd have had a bit more hope if we had a, had a decent striker up front, and maybe we had maybe holding to come back to. And you know he's pretty reliable in those situations. I don't know if he's, he might be able to start. Who knows? But yeah, it all seems like uh, I can just see us not scoring goals, and I can see us conceding quite a few. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, mate. The only thing I, I, I originally I saw like Chelsea were one eighty five or more than that earlier in the week, which I thought was a good bet for Chelsea, but that's that's come in quite a mm. bit. I was I was stunned to see it that high. I guess the only thing is trying to equate these these home you know, equate these home advantages back into it now. It's a bit yeah. tougher, but it's not like you know, it's not like going to the Emirates is like, you know, going to Anfield or, you know, anything like that. Like where we're talking about the Emirates. It's not like it's a raucous yeah, raucous atmosphere. It's, it's it's normally the other way around. Actually, it's normally Arsenal it, it. using their own. <laughs> it's and obviously some some grounds. I think you can kind of accommodate um, sort of the crowd into your thinking, but you know, not at the Emirates. I really don't think you can. If anything, you said it's just them getting on their own team and their own clubs back more than anything, rather than for want of a better term, spurring them on. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting because Arteta's. Oh, there's been a lot of Arteta hate out there in recent, in, you know, the last year for, for mm. you know, uh, for you know, different periods throughout the season, and he's ne- he's never really had to deal with uh, the the home crowd getting getting angry at him or like no. you know booing him or anything like that. Like I can I can assure you that during periods of last season, there would have been lots of boos at Arteta, yeah, I'm sure. and uh, this could be the start of it, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, how he reacts because I mean our owners are not very present. They're they 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 don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they never watch I a game of Arsenal. So when I they saw start, a, to... I saw a photo. I saw a photo of one of your shareholders of one of your owners. Literally, he uploaded it to social media with um, literally had a couple. How have I forgotten the term for that? Tongs. That's it. Over a barbecue. Nothing. Oh, that's was Edu. The barbecue. That's right. Edu. That's what? our director. Of, oh, are you talking about Edu or potentially? I don't know, but he's there's transfers yeah. maybe going on, and he's they're flipping absolutely nothing on a barbecue that's not even on. Like, unbelievable. Yeah, I think that was Edu, mate. Edu's our director of yeah. football, uh, and he was uh, he's on holiday at the moment during the transfer period, which some might argue that's maybe his busiest time of the year, but that's all right. Uh, but yeah, I just uh, it, it, those are, I guess, like when owners who are not very present when they start to see this whole stadium booing your coach, then maybe that might be the, the thing they need yeah. to pull their finger out of their ass. But anyway, mate, we could talk about Arsenal all day, but we might as well move on to another <laughs> Premier League game Wolves versus Tottenham. Wolves actually 
lost game week one, but they were they were actually quite impressive against um against Leicester. Probably deserved yeah. deserved at least a draw, if not a, if not a victory against them. And obviously Tottenham, uh, who you would say if you looked at the XG at least, you know, didn't deserve much from the Man City game, but they still got the victory there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know that Wolves performance. I mean, the one that sticks out in memory is Adama Traore bearing down on goal one on one. And just slides it wide. It was, you know, it's, like I've said so many times on this podcast, football is about moments, and mm. a moment like that, you've got to be putting that away because that can be the difference of, say, at the end of the season, of say qualifying for Europe or or not. You know, um, yeah. So this is a game I'm, I'm quite looking forward to, obviously, especially with the fact that it's Nuno Espirito Santos' first, obviously, time with Tottenham, going back to back to Wolves. So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of reception he'll get. I imagine it'll be a good reception. He did a lot of good work for them there, didn't leave on bad terms. So I'd imagine he'll get quite a good reception. Um, and as we've already said, Wolves were, they were very unlucky in that game against Leicester. And they, in my opinion, I do think they created the better chances. And but it was just Vardy again. He's so crafty. He really is. And also I just kind of want to point out, I know it's been put around social media, but Vardy then when he to celebrate going over to the Wolves end and howling, that's the sort of, I won't say the actual term, but the sort of banner that you want. Do you know what I mean? It's, oh, football's oh, back. It's great. Yeah. It's, exactly it's so good to see. So good to see. And what a goal it was. Like, again, crafty, cheeky. And that's what we come, I think we become associated with Vardy. He's a great finisher. But every now and then he just pulls something ridiculous out, even at the age that he is. And I, I have to say, beforehand, I was kind of thinking, could this be Vardy sort of the season where, you know, his peaks and troughs? Is this just that final trough where he sort of goes down, loses a bit of pace, you know, doesn't quite have it anymore? And, First weekend, he pulls that out of the bag. So how wrong I was. But um, yeah, I do think Wolves had some very, very good chances. And, and I think they can get at this Tottenham side. Um, you know, like we said in that City game, though, we saw Tottenham. They utilised that counter-attacking uh, against City. And every time they went forward, the crowd was right behind them. It seems to be the crowd are with Spurs at the moment. Um, it was breathtaking at times, to be fair. They looked so dangerous. I know when I was watching it, I, every time they went forward, I was getting nervous. And But, you know, like I said to you off air, City also created a lot of good chances early doors and, and throughout that game. And there were moments where you feel if City would have been a bit more on it, showed a bit more enthusiasm and, and energy, they could have got that Spurs defence. Jafit Tanganga obviously had probably the game of his life. We might, I guarantee you, he has an absolute shocker for a few weeks now. He's just had his, you know, that moment where he's brilliant. But he did make, what was it, 11 fouls in a single game? Didn't get booked. It's just incredible. <laughs> really was. But um, I think Spurs can be got out here and I think Wolves have got. Mm. everything they need to be able to do it and the fact that it's Nuno Espirito Santos first time back you know it's, it's just got all the ingredients for a, a very good game in my opinion and I do worry about both of them defensively as they both constantly leave spaces for, for the opposition attackers to exploit and so it's like, because of that I think we're going to see uh, another end-to-end game here lots of chances and particularly if Wolves you know continue to play with that 3-5-2 that they seem to love um, I think Spurs could exploit them as well so it's just going to be a case of who blinks first uh, I think it would be a case of who outscores who. And also, let's not forget, Spurs have played midweek. They played tonight. Um, spoiler alert, if you don't know the result yet, tune out now. But uh, obviously, it wasn't a very good result, you know, losing 1-0 away, obviously, in Portugal. But it was a, I know it was a largely second-string team, but there's still going to be players in there that will probably feature this weekend. Um, and obviously, players they've taken along with them with that travel. So, for me, you know, I've got the odds of both teams scoring at approximately 1.75. 
Um, and most bookies have it around 1.85, but I did manage to find it at 2.05, which just represents a lot of value to me. And that was on Mansion Bet earlier on. I'm not sure if the price is still there, but yeah, for me, for something that I should have at 1.75 and at 2.05, I couldn't not earmark that one and have a go on that. The price is far too high. So I can imagine that one coming in if it hasn't already. Well, it has come in, but it's only come into twos. So yeah, still yeah. Uh, still might be a decent little bit of value there for you, mate. Yeah, so obviously, like I said, I've got it at 1.75, but I wouldn't just purely because uh, I want it obviously at value. I'd probably go no lower than maybe 1.85, 1.9. Um, mm-hmm. If it's at 1.75, it's bang on, in my opinion. Yeah, and have we got any Harry Kane news? I, I saw something, I think, yesterday or the day before about Nuno saying he doesn't want to talk about the transfer or something <laughs> like that. Like, it it just it just really yeah. doesn't seem like Harry Kane's going to play a game for Tottenham ever it's, again. It's all the news of different rumours coming out. It does make me laugh. Um because I've got obviously got a background in journalism and stuff, and you hear about people who are releasing sort of news that suits their agenda and kind of pushes things in their favour. And like nothing else makes it more clear than obviously we've been going after Harry Kane all summer. Everyone knows that Spurs are after Vlahovic from Fiorentina, um, and it came out I think it was early on today that City have apparently agreed a deal for eighty million with uh, Fiorentina for Spurs target Vlahovic. Like, mm. come on, it doesn't get more obvious than that. For, um, I think for me. I think it's going to happen. I, I do. I thought it would potentially happen after the Spurs game, but it's, it's with Daniel Levy. He is a hard negotiator, but he always takes things to the last minute. This that's what he does, and that is literally what he always does. I think he did the same with Walker. wasn't too dissimilar, and yeah. So I don't think Harry Kane can really go go back. He doesn't. He's made it quite clear he doesn't want to be there. Um, I don't think they'll want that sort of person around the squad. I think it's going to happen. It's just a case of sorting the money out. Daniel Levy's being stubborn as he always is, as most, obviously, a lot of brilliant businessmen are. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's because of the way he is that obviously Spurs have managed to obviously get a lot of money for players that they have. And so, fair play to him. But yeah, I, I see nothing other than him being a City player come the end of the window. I mean, not to say I'd be shocked if it didn't happen, but I'm personally convinced just looking at all the news, looking at all the types of articles that are released, everything that's going on, all the soundings. Yeah, for me, I think I think he will be a, a Man City player come the end of the window. Yep. No, I mean it looks like it, mate. And uh, did you watch the? Uh, it was it's called All or Nothing, isn't it? The Tottenham mm. documentary. What did you What did you think of Daniel Levy? Because God, he just he just seemed like a, an annoying I, human. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd want to be around him too often. I'll be honest with you. I think I I quite like a peaceful life, not too much stress, and and I think he just ruined that. He'd just be a nightmare, wouldn't he? Being around you him and Jose in a room, eh? Like, I mean, oh my who word. else would you want to have some beers with, mate? I wouldn't mind Jose. Jose is actually all right. What, what you see on the camera isn't what you see when you meet him in real life. Like, he's he's actually quite funny and he's just a generally yeah. nice bloke. But in front of the camera, when he's being interviewed, he just looks on sounds horrible, like he's always moaning. But um, yeah, no, it's like working at Talk Sport, and obviously he was there. And, from all accounts, he was a great bloke to be there. Like it was just full of laughs, a lot of knowledge, and happy to speak to people regardless of who they were. Was, yeah, so good bloke. Yeah, I wouldn't right, him, but Daniel, Le- Daniel Levy, nah. Yeah, he just, he just, oh, I don't know. There's, he just doesn't. Yeah, he just gives no. you the, gives you the little, that little achy kind of feeling where you say, oh, nah, I'm right, yeah. mate. All right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Daniel, if you're listening, uh, Roma versus Fiorentina, mate. You're taking me, taking me to Italy, mate. The first, the first time we ventured outside of the UK this season. How beautiful. 
you missed out on a perfect segue there. We've just been speaking about Jose Mourinho for 30 seconds. You know, you oh, no. Oh, no. In, yeah, sorry. Oh, unlucky. Maybe next time, eh? But uh, yeah, looking at Roma Fiorentina, um, Serie A's back. Absolutely love the Serie A. Really do. And as I said, Mourinho's back in the Serie A with Roma. Um, and I'm expecting his side to get up to the perfect start here at home to Fiorentina. I really am. They've recruited really well. They've brought in the likes, obviously, Tammy Abraham from Chelsea, which I think is a very astute purchase. Uh, they've also brought in Ibanez and Vigna. Uh, Vigna's at left back as well. They've brought in from South America. Um, obviously, at the moment, it's difficult to sort of see how things are going to, you know, you've got no previous data to base it on. So obviously, you can look at last season. I don't think they've changed too much, but I think Jose will have tightened them up. Um, they won 13 of their 19 home games last season. And like I said, they've strengthened both managerially and player wise. Um, so I think they'll be uh, right up there this season. I really do. Um, they're also unbeaten against Fiorentina in the last five, winning four of those. And I just think they're much better than them. And I think they're a more settled side going into this one. But Fiorentina, they've made some um, all right signings. They made one very exciting one. And that's a 23-year-old winger, Nicolas Gonzalez from Stuttgart. I think he's a very, very good player, very direct, quite exciting, a lot of flair. Um, it's something that's needed for them. Um, but as I mentioned before with Spurs, you know, Vlahovic, the one that obviously has been linked with Atletico, um, Tottenham and obviously today City as well. He's, like I said, just consist consistently being uh, linked with a move away and that's not really what you want when you're trying to settle and perhaps get on with a new season, particularly if you're Fiorentina. Um, he scored 21 goals last season. That's almost 44% of Fiorentina's total tally. So he'd be some miss, obviously, if he was to go and It'll be interesting to see if he's even available for this one, even plays, given uh, obviously all the links that are going on, whether they think he's mentally right. If he's missing, that is a huge loss and an even more advantage uh, to Roma. Um, and with that, you know, I mean, I've got Roma priced around 1.4, maybe 1.4, 1.5 to win this. So 1.78, which is the price I saw them at, is overpriced. And But like I said, for value purposes, I shan't be taking less than 1.7, which is what I believe uh, a lot of bookies have put up already. I just think with the player recruitment that they've got, the, how unsettled Fiorentina are they've got Jose Mourinho in I, I just think being back in Serie A will be good for Jose as well it always looks like when he comes back to the Premier League particularly with the English media he just looks at, stressed out from day dot he really does whereas I think Italy just suits him down to the ground and and I think Rome will do well this season I think they'll kick off with three points against Fiorentina at home here so yeah for me Rome will win and that was at 1.78 on Unibet yeah, I mean, you can get, if you got Novi bet, they've got 1.8 there. A couple of the exchanges yeah. at 1.78 too. So, yeah, if you have a look around, you might be able to get something similar to that, if not better. And, and I guess you can add to that that, um, I mean, a lot of people might disagree that, you know, Jose Mourinho is a good manager, but especially nowadays, but I guess <clears throat> the time when he has been good, it's, it's, it's normally at the start of his tenure, which is, I guess, is, probably common with most football managers, but it's it's even yeah. more uh, highlighted with Jose because it seems that his uh, his tether is is it runs it runs quite thin towards the end. <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? As we've seen I, I think I think the old narrative was like uh, what is it, second season Jose is like the yeah. you know prime Jose, but I, 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 I think that's that's a narrative too. I think it's first season <laughs> Jose. <laughs> 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 Maybe first month, Joseph. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember watching when he first went to Tottenham. I remember like the first month or so. He uh, he was very very good, wasn't he? And uh, yeah, I was. It was. I don't know. You, you see all the narratives come out, like you know how good disappointment by Spurs, and it's just like, well, yeah, it's it's going to be good now. But fast forward a year, he'll be gone. Yep. 
Exactly, exactly that. I think he'll do. I think he enjoys this league. I think he did well. Obviously, when he was there before, and I think Rome is an ideal club for him. Really, uh, there's been obviously a, a lot of moving around, and yeah, I just think there's no. I personally, I just believe Roma are the stronger side, and everything's in their favour to get the win against Fiorentina to to kick off the season. So, a win for Roma and Jose Mourinho here. Beautiful, mate. And we're going to go over to France now, mate. Where uh, we're going with. Monaco versus Lens. Yeah, it's, a, it's another interesting one and a, a cards-based one for me. Um, looking at this this match, you know, it does tend to produce uh, a lot of cards. And Monaco saw at least two cards in 13 of their 19 home games last season. That's just uh, just shy of 69%. And meanwhile, Lens saw at least two in 15 of their away games. So that's almost 80%. And the referee is Jeremy Pignard. He averaged around 4.2 cards per game. Last season, he's you know quite reliable when it comes to cards, um, and this bet landed in both games between these two last season, both at Monaco and both at Lens. Um, I believe there was sixty booking points and fifty booking points. Um, I think it was a four-two split and a three-two split. Uh, you know, there's there's always cards in this fixture, and Monaco have just got one point from their opening two games. Meanwhile, Lens have accrued to two points from their opening two as well. So. They need to get wins, really. They need to get wins on the board. And, and I think both of them will see this as an opportunity to try and get those three points because Monaco, as we know, they can be a bit temperamental, a bit inconsistent. And, and Lons are a good side. They're, they're aggressive. They play very intense football. And so I think both of them will be, be looking to this one to try and open up that account and try and get the first set of three points on the board. And I'm expecting a very, very fiery game with this one. So... I've got both teams to get over 1.5 team cards. Um, I've got it around 1.6. And on Skybet, you can get it at 10 to 11, which is in decimals 1.91. So that's brilliant value for me. And for a bet that landed in both games last season with everything that's on the line. And, and you know, admittedly, there's nothing sort of definitive on the line, but, you know, you can't be just picking up a point here and there early doors. You need to kick on. Um, and obviously with a ref as well that's very consistent for cards I, I really do like this one so I thought 1.91 was was very generous uh, I probably wouldn't take even if it was around probably 1.75 I'd take it but any lower than that I wouldn't so 1.91 brilliant price if you can get on that was on Skybet um, so yeah Monaco against Lons both teams over 1.5 team cards Good to see you back amongst the cards, mate. I was getting a little bit worried Love there it, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a dangerous love affair, mate um, All right that just does it, mate. What about uh, what about a best bet of the weekend, mate? We've gone through four games there: Arsenal, Chelsea, Wolves, Tottenham, and you've taken me to league uh, and Serie A, mate. What uh, what's what's your favourite out of all of those? I mean, I really like all of them, so there is that bit. That's weird. To pick a... That's yeah, so yeah, weird. strange, isn't it? Imagine imagine speaking about something I wasn't actually that sure on. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's people out there like that, mate. Don't don't. Yeah, possibly, don't possibly. <laughs> It's between it's either Roma win or both teams to score in the Wolves Spurs game. But given the magnitude of it, Nuno Espirito Santos first trip back to um, Molyneux. I'm going to go, and I like the price on it as well. I think it's really good, uh, just over evens. So I'm going to go Wolves Tottenham, both teams to score, uh, and that was at two point zero five. Or you can get evens now on Mansion Bet, but I think that's got some great value. So that'll be my best bet. 
There we go. Love it, mate. You can find George Gamble on Twitter at CGeorgeGamble for all his card betting stats and, and bets that he's taking. And then you can also follow at George underscore CGG for the other markets he's dabbling in like the, uh, yeah, I guess like the both teams to score, all that all that good stuff, mate. And uh, we finish up with the quiz question. As always, which striker has played for the most Premier League clubs? I would give you I options, mean, but I was I was very worried that we'd had this one before. <laughs> so. I mean, there's only one that sticks out, and I feel like I might be wrong, but I'm going to go with Nicholas and Elka. Yeah, that's that's wrong, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you oh, uh, any more any more guesses, mate? He's played for more clubs. It's going to be one of these ones. I'm like, oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah, no, it put I, me I, out of my misery. I, I, I sh- I should look up how many clubs he's played for just to give everyone a little bit of context, but it's um, it's Marcus Bent. Oh, yeah, I was never getting that. Yeah, I, I can, uh, just for those that are very interested, I can see here that he's played for Brentford, Palace, Port Vale. I mean, I know some of these won't be Premier League clubs, but Sheffield United, Blackburn, Ipswich, Leicester, Everton, Charlton, Wigan, Birmingham, Middlesbrough, Queen's Park Rangers, Wolverhampton. Did he only play for all of these when they were in the Premier League or is it just he's played for clubs that have been in the Premier League? Yeah, uh, don't ask me, mate. Don't ask me. <laughs> You're the quiz master. Who else am I going to ask? <laughs> Mate, I just, I just literally every every Thursday, mate, I get on Google, and I say EPL quiz questions. <laughs> I'm real. I'm real. And that was when they came up. All right, mate. Thanks for coming on. Terrific stuff once again. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will be back, I assume, sometime next week around the same time. Hopefully with another preview. Maybe one day we'll get Big Nige back on. But he's uh, he's getting old, mate. He's not he's not one for the late nights. So. He's, he's a busy man, past half past nine. He's a slippers and Horlicks kind of man. You know, you've got to get him earlier than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please do a quick rate and review of the podcast. Give it a like if you're on YouTube. Subscribe to us. We've just surpassed the 10K barrier subscribers on YouTube. So terrific stuff there. Please uh, please keep subscribing and uh, we'll have some, some more content coming your way. And if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talk about weekly on the podcast, obviously the value betting ones, please start a free week trial of TradeMate Sports and begin that value betting journey. George, mate, let's hope for another solid week like last week. Let's have it, mate. I'm sure uh, sure it'll be good. So, yeah, look forward to speaking about it and hopefully speaking about the winners that we've had. All right, mate. See ya. See ya.